0: It's that time to get started you make your way back to your seats we're going to prepare our hearts for diving back in to 2nd Peter chapter 2 so let's begin with a word of prayer now as we're praying Heavenly Father we thank you for your presence here among us and some uh, really strong language here today in chapter 2 of 2nd Peter Uh, Lord, uh, to warn us against false teachers and uh, teachings that are, um, as you call them, lying truths, that they're lying doctrines, they um, are deceptive, and we need to have your wisdom and to avoid such things. And so we pray, God, that you would bless us as we uh, are attentive to your word now, in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Well, we left off in chapter 1 of Peter's second letter, where Peter was in the middle of a thought, uh, talking about the inspiration of the scriptures, the book that we call the Bible, even though the Bible is made up of many books, uh, actually 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. But, of course, we regard it as a single work because it has one single author, god himself and so even though there's 66 books uh written by 40 divinely inspired writers over the span of 1400 years there's one seamless story how god god's perfect creation became defiled by man's choice to sin which brought death and condemnation to the world and then uh, what god has done to fix the problem that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him uh, should not perish but have everlasting life. It's one book because there's one story, because there's one author revealing the message from heaven. And so uh, we left off with Peter saying, above all things, this is what you've got to know in your heart of hearts, that uh, scripture didn't come from any man, it's not a human uh, philosophy, but it's a revelation from God Uh, himself that holy men of god in ancient times were filled with the holy spirit in their hearts and their minds and the holy spirit gave them the words that they were writing or speaking and so therefore what we have before us is the infallible inerrant eternal truth truth of God, and it's a sure and steady anchor uh, for our souls. It was made sure to us through eyewitness accounts uh, who saw and heard Jesus, his miracles, his teachings, his resurrection uh, from the dead, along with evidence of hundreds of prophecies that are fulfilled uh, in Christ's life. And so his last point, therefore, was. Uh, the Bible is a revelation that comes from heaven, and God used the holy prophets of old to reveal his truth. And then he gets interrupted by an awkward chapter break uh, in the middle. So he was saying, um, listen, God had his men, the holy prophets, who spoke his truth. Uh, uh, but, verse 1, but there were also false prophets, among the people just as there will be and are false teachers among you today they will secretly introduce destructive heresies even denying the sovereign lord who bought them bringing swift destruction on themselves many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth the gospel into disrepute they will bring the gospel into, they will dishonor God and his message Uh, verse 3 in their greed these teachers will exploit you with stories they've made up Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. And believe it or not, we're going to pause there because it's a great introduction and there's so many good, rich insights that are here to unpack before we dive into a full-on chapter which describes and denounces the false teachers of that day. And you look at these words and I have written down here, them's fighting words, you know, and he's just getting started, (laughs) you know, uh, this chapter, chapter two, uh, really has been called one of the most heated and hard hitting chapters in the Bible. And uh, yeah, and I promise you, you won't be bored uh, the next couple weeks as we go over these words. Uh, you won't be bored, certainly, with the passage. I can't uh, make promises about the pastor, uh, but <laughs> the passage is riveting and very harsh language. Fire and brimstone's gonna fly, even as it's flying here in just the opening three verses. Why? God has zero tolerance for deceivers, especially the ones who tell lies in his name and as a consequence cost people their souls. Yeah, zero tolerance there. Uh, The hottest layers of hell, if we call it that, um, are reserved for, and he will mention something like this, are reserved for those kinds of people who deceive uh, men's souls, as it says there. Uh, So, yeah, he's going to denounce them and describe them and warn believers not to fall prey to demonic deception and perverted ways. And he foretells in graphic detail, as I just said, their horrible fate that awaits false teachers and those who follow them. So yeah, Christianity is not for the faint of heart, as I like to say. And So uh, it's certainly not a politically correct chapter, um, and not that that bothers anyone here, uh, but uh, heads up nonetheless. And why is it a politically incorrect chapter? Well, the world hates hard and fast moral boundaries, and it despises absolute truth. That says this is right and this is wrong and uh, and which is what the Bible's all about actually and 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 the reason God gives us absolute truth is because he loves us and he wants us to have a blessed life filled with joy to live effective and satisfying lives by doing God uh, doing life the way God designed and so he gave us ten commandments, not ten suggestions. Um, to safeguard our lives and it says so Moses tags on the line these commandments are for your own good actually and so because God loves us he doesn't want to keep us from fun he wants to keep us from folly that ruins us he doesn't want to restrict us he wants to free us and liberate us So the truth will be known to us. You shall know the truth, and what happens? The truth shall make you free. That's why he tells us this is truth, this is not, because I want your hearts to be set free. So, but the cry today, and uh, if you're taking notes, you can call this rabbit trail number one. (laughs) Uh, The cry today is tolerance. So, And the funny thing, in the normal sense of that word, the gospel is absolutely tolerant. And uh, Christians are to treat all people with kindness and respect no matter how they live or what they believe, right? I mean, we're to love our enemies, bless those who curse us, uh, go the extra mile when we were forced to go the one mile that we didn't want to go, turn the other cheek. That's pretty tolerant behavior, I would say. But unfortunately, the world's version of tolerance is that we must accept everybody's various notions about God and right and wrong as acceptable, and that we have to celebrate their choices and their lifestyle and their values as true and right and good, even if they contradict Scripture. So we cannot agree to disagree uh, because that would uh, is not tolerated by the ones crying for tolerance. So uh, that is why this chapter is especially repugnant to some, because there's a right way and a wrong way, and uh, nothing in between. And so, yeah. Uh, So in fact, God tells us just the opposite, that we're to speak the truth in love, to preach the gospel. Uh, Men have to repent of sinful ways, and in order to know what you need to repent of, you have to have uh, the truth, and you have to speak that, as I said, in love. And so let's get to it. That's a little bit of an introduction of sorts. And so verse 1 says, yeah, uh, there were holy men of old who spoke For God, and they spoke the truth of God, but there were also false prophets among the people. And the people, when you read that in the New Testament, the people stands for Israel, usually, uh, just as there will be false teachers among you. So he goes back to the beginning. He goes, Look, uh, there's nothing new here. Right from the dawn of time, there was, was, as soon as God began proclaiming truth, to redeem the world, there was the evil one who was countering with lies. So let's do be clear about this. The problem isn't uh, doesn't start and end with the false teacher. Uh, it's the source of the deception. That's the problem, and uh, his name is the devil, and he's been using uh, one of his favorite tools of all. Is spiritual deception. Uh, Jesus called them the murderer from the beginning, quoting John 8 and verse 44, he doesn't hold to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So, We're introduced to the serial killer that we can't see who doesn't kill with uh, knives or guns, but he murders people with lies. And uh, that's how we all got into this mess because God gave truth to Eve and Adam and then the serpent was there to counter with what? False teaching, lies. And because she believed it and was deceived, in fact, when God says, Eve, what happened here? She says, the serpent, he deceived me with lies. And I ate. And she gave some to her husband and... um, the rest is history, as we say, and he hasn't stopped trying ever since. Because, and you can understand why he needs false teachers, and why uh, that's his main goal in life, is because Jesus said, "You'll you'll know the truth, and the truth is what sets you free." And then again, Paul says in First Timothy chapter two and verse uh, four, he says. God, our Savior, wants all people to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. So the truth sets us free. The truth is what saves your soul so if you're God's enemy and you want to hinder God from saving people's souls then you would distort that truth so it can no longer save and that's what his hope is you see and so if even if you're a believer and you fall into theological error That will shipwreck your faith and make you ineffective and unproductive for God because you're confused and and you end up confusing other people. So you're really useless to God, even though you still may be saved. uh, You're not pointing people to the truth that can set them free. But worst of all, of course, is that uh, Satan is said to, quote, second Corinthians chapter 4 blind the minds of unbelievers so that they can't see the light of the gospel and be saved so and the way he does that is to counterfeit the true gospel with some appealing attractive nonsense that looks good and appeals to human sensibilities but in the end it has no power uh, to save and so he says they've always been around among the people. And yeah, you could go far back to, uh, back to the beginning when God was forming the nation of Israel uh, because he was going to bring the Messiah. So he started his redemptive work by gathering a people through whom the, the Messiah would come. And so Satan needed to, as he's doing today, come against that people because God's promises are connected to the people. So when the people were enslaved in Egypt, they needed to be brought to the promised land. And so Moses was sent proclaiming God's truth in Pharaoh's court. And who appeared there to counter the truth with lies were two false prophets, two sorcerers who opposed him with counterfeit signs and wonders uh, using the devil's power. The apostle Paul likens those two sorcerers Uh, to the false teachers of the day, the same guys Peter was dealing with. And he named them for us there in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Just as John is and John opposed Moses, so also these teachers today in the first century oppose the truth. There it is. They are men of depraved minds, (laughs) Who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. The faith rejects them, that people like to say, Well, I reject the faith. Well, actually, it's the faith that rejects you you know say you know i have a lot of problems with the old testament and i always say the old testament has a problem with you you know (laughs) that's the and that's the truth verse nine but they will not get very far false teachers because as in the case of j and j their folly will be clear to everyone. So you remember what John A's and John Bray's were, were doing. Moses in Exodus 7 threw down his staff. You, you all saw the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, right? And he, right? Right? What kind of Christian would you be if you did it? <laughs> First of all, he throws down the staff, and, and God turns the staff into a snake. And the devil's boys are like, we can do that. And they throw their staffs down, and which is disconcerting to see the power of the devil. Limited as it is, <laughs> but to be able to make two staffs into snakes, That's impressive. Until, of course, their folly is made clear to everyone because Moses' snake swallows their snakes up whole. You know, and I could just see the, you know, I just picture the snake kind of grinning after he swallows them up and goes, is that all you can do? Come on, you know. Honestly, uh, uh, this is how J and J, as I call them, were, were humiliated in defeat and, by the way, spoiler alert uh the people of israel got out of egypt and ended up in the land that they now occupy nobody's been happy about that from the dawn of time and even to this very day that would be 3400 years ago that they occupied that land and it was always called either canaan judea or israel those are the only names the bible uses that piece of property there and I throw that in uh, for free and so yeah um, try as they might and even as they were trying to get to the promised land they weren't halfway through the desert uh, when they met another false prophet among them and so king you'll remember this out of uh, the book of Numbers king Balak sees them coming, they offer to say, look, we won't even drink your water, We just let us go through, we're on our way somewhere else, we, we, we mean no trouble to you guys, but he wants them destroyed, so he hires a false prophet named Balaam, and in fact, Peter is going to name Balaam in the chapter in just a bit as a type of false teacher that is around even today he's a prophet for hire he's motivated by money so the king gave him money a treasure an amount of just a lot of money and said i need you to curse these people and every time balaam opened his mouth to curse the people of israel he blessed them three times, and it made the king crazy, so he said, oh, look I'll offer you so much money, you won't know what to do with it all, so he said go ahead, and he gave him like I said, vast amount of money so he said, I'll tell you how to destroy them, or to hinder them invite a part, invite them to a party call a treaty have a feast, make sure there's a lot of beer there, and send your pretty ladies, your pagan women, over And the men will be seduced. They will sin against the Lord, which they did. And you can find this in Numbers chapter 25. Not only did they commit sexual immorality, but they worshipped at the altars of the gods of Moab that these ladies introduced them to. And so um, the prophet for hire uh, sold his soul for a vast sum of money to help hinder the people of God. But once again, spoiler alert, guess what? They made it to the land, uh, albeit with a little bit of um, unnecessary grief and conflict because they, they followed the words of a false uh, teacher. And they should have known better. Uh, we're, we're moving along, but the, the summary statement for the entire Old Testament uh, with the false prophets comes to us through a true and holy prophet, Jeremiah, chapter twenty-three. This is what the Lord Almighty says: Do not listen to what these false prophets are prophesying to you. They fill your hearts with they fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. I did not send these prophets, yet they have run with their own messages. I, I didn't speak to them, yet they have prophesied. And so, yeah, not everybody who stands behind a pulpit or writes a Christian book or has an open Bible in front of them is a man of God speaking the truth. And so this is sort of what's going on and why God has to say, hey, uh, there are some who call themselves prophets or pastors or evangelists uh, who actually are running with their own messages that God didn't send them. Uh, yeah, so Michael Green, commentator with the Tyndale uh, series there on Second Peter, he sums it up like this. Regarding the uh, Old Testament false prophets, their teaching was flattery, their ambition was financial, their lives were immoral, their consciences were seared, and their aim was deception, and their end was destruction. So that's the the sampling of the Old Testament survey of false prophets, uh, and then Peter says nowadays it's much the same. That men will be uh, similar kinds of men uh, doing with similar kinds of motives and methods are the same. And there they are. Uh, there They have been around. They're, they were there in the first century. And now, uh, 21 centuries later, uh, they're with us today. And they'll be here till the last seconds before Jesus appears in this, that the book of revelation says in the great tribulation there's an antichrist who's really almost the incarnation of satan in fact satan dwells with him and in him possesses him in the end times but this beast as the antichrist is called has a sidekick and what's his name the false prophet so he's the false prophet he's the culmination of Every false teacher that ever lived from John As and Johnvre all the way through uh, six thousand years of human history, it's him, and he will speak like a lamb, the Bible says, uh, he will look like a lamb, but he will speak like a dragon. And so, uh, and he calls down fire from heaven, and he helps people to believe in the antichrist. And so, Uh, The point here is they've always been around. They're around today, and that was 2,000 years ago today. And now they're still here, and I'm saying that they will be there until uh, the apocalypse, and that's just because Satan is always trying to hinder the truth of the Lord. So we have to be uh, wise, because they secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them to, to continue... With the verse. So, one of the saddest phrases there is among you, because it means that they operate these particular kinds. Now, there are false teachers that have nothing to do with Christianity, but they're still false teachers. But the most dangerous kind are the ones among us. Meaning that they, are, they operate within Christian circles and Christian communities. And that they probably, uh, uh, by being a false teacher, they, they say they're false teachers because they're not really a teacher from God. That's why it's false. And their content isn't from God. It's also false, so they're false teachers in two regards there, and they're the most dangerous. Jesus said, "Watch out, because they come to you in, in, in They come to you as wolves in sheep's clothing. You see, that's how it is. He has to warn. Uh, pay attention, because they like to blur the lines a little bit. You know. And what did we expect? Look at Second Corinthians eleven, verses thirteen through fifteen. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light it is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness their end will be what their actions deserve so they're not always easy to spot as you know you know they they, they look good on the outside they've got perfectly straight teeth with dazzling white smiles their wives are beautiful they wear the hippest of clothing the music is unbelievable the fog machines and the Everything, it's just like a wow. The only problem is is that they're telling lies. And what they do is they mix the truth in. The truth is in there. So you're like, true, 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 lie. True, 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 lie, lie, lie. True, true, true. And you're like, your head is spinning. And if you're not well-grounded, you're not a mature believer who, like the noble Bereans, examine the scriptures daily to see whether the talker the speaker is telling the truth or not. You know, what did we expect? Do we think people knock on the door and they say, Hi? We represent the local cult. <laughs> and uh, our founders, they date back to the 1800s when they deceptively introduced heretical ideas alongside the Bible. The word introduced there in your text means to bring alongside. So it's the Bible plus. This and the plus this interprets the Bible and uses the same word God, Jesus, cross, heaven, hell, salvation but they mean something totally different from what orthodox Christianity orthodox, ortho, straight or right, like fixing a bone orthopedics, ortho, straight doxy from the Greek word belief so heretics were were those who chose. The word means to choose the other. So the heretic cho- chose the, the crooked and the wrong. And that's why they're called uh, heretics. And the word destructive, there King James nails it, damnable. Because the re- in Revelation, it uses the word, which appears three times in your text, destruction. To be associated with hell itself. That's why King James has damnable destruction carries the weight of it uh, but it's linked to an eternal uh, loss and um, demise of that kind. And so yeah, no, uh, it's subtle, It's, it's deceptive. A hunter doesn't lay down a trap where the animals can see it, he hides it from view. You cover it up, you know. And the hunter's in a in, in a camouflaged place where you can't see him and the rifle, or the or you dig the ditch and you put the palm branches over and 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 cover it up so somebody thinks that they're stepping on solid ground, but they're not. They're entrapped, and so and usually they bait the trap with something that will. They know that their prey likes, like good news, like you can have your sin and salvation too. So let's move to some false teaching closer uh, to home now. So uh, false teachers will uh, drape a colorful flag over the church sign or the front door. And here's what it's signaling to everybody. It's broadcasting to everyone. Hey, everybody, we teach something a little different here. We teach something you might be interested in, how to have a gospel that offers God's love and eternal life without moral accountability. And it's not just sexuality. It's without the word repentance at all. So, they've removed that not just from, as I'm saying, uh, sexual immorality or lifestyles, but it, it goes with the whole teaching you don't need to repent. And so, not surprised that many are attracted to that kind of thing. Uh, but Jesus' first words were repent, have a change of heart, turn away from your sin, and trust in me, for the kingdom of God is at hand and first corinthians among seven other scriptures chapter 6 verses 9 through 11 say that if you live in sexual immorality period all flavors doesn't matter sorry who's in the bed but if it's sexual immorality period it's a sign that you are not going to heaven first corinthians chapter 6 9 through 11 it just says it clearly and then for a pastor who has an open Bible and a cross behind him, to tell people who are are wagering their whole soul on his word to applaud you in something that evidences that you are not going to heaven to applaud you and to continue in it. That is damnable itself. And so uh, that is just very, very terrible and causes me to really cringe uh, for people who are making uh, that mistake. And so, yeah, watch out for false teachers. Uh, they're here, they deny the sovereign lord that means that particular and that just really to qualify you to be a cult you have to deny the sovereignty of the lord jesus and so uh to get jesus wrong is to to miss the flight completely and so what they do is they'll call him the son of god a prophet of god the quran calls him a prophet of God. Everybody sort of acknowledges he's a good man or he was a good moral example or he was a prophet uh, or the son of God. But not God himself, not the one through whom all things exist. That's him. Not the one who said I and the Father are one. No, not the one in John chapter 14 and verse 9 who told Philip anybody who's seen me has seen God. So I told two Jehovah's Witness ladies rang my bell. I (laughs) open rang my bell in a couple. (laughs) I opened the door and I thought, oh ladies, I've been looking forward to this. (laughs) And so we started talking. And I said, you know, and and they say, Yeah, you believe he's God. You know, where does he say in the Bible that he's God? And I said, Thank you for asking. (laughs) It's a it's a long list. You have some time. Get out your pens. You know, so I show them that. And the, and everything I said was, yeah, but always, always. And I said, ladies, why do you always want to demote him from being God? I keep lifting him up and saying, there's one name given among men by which we must be saved, that and that he is our great God and Savior, God and Savior. My Lord and my God, Thomas bows before, and Jesus doesn't say, oh, you're getting carried away. You know, we reserve that to God alone. He called him my God, and Jesus pronounced a blessing. So ladies, why? Why do you keep pulling Jesus down lower? Because you don't know who he really is. and if You can say a bunch of things about me that you'd be check, 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 check. And then if you said, you know, I was born in Portugal, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> or, you know, and that, that, you know, I'm married to somebody with black hair, you know, I, I mean, then you don't know me. You can know a lot about me and get a lot check, check, check. But if the main thing about me, just say, you know, I'm a famous football player. No. You'd have the wrong person. That was a joke. (laughs) That's okay, whatever. As Ben knows, you win some and you lose some. (laughs) Right, where is he? (laughs) All right, so I think, uh, yeah, we're down. uh, We're done with that rabbit trail. Uh, Yeah, so, so they deny his deity, but that's not all the word means they also uh, deny him through their actions so uh, here's a great verse from jude only has one chapter for certain individuals who con- whose condemnation was written about long ago secretly slipped in among you they're ungodly people who pervert the grace of god into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. So in, not only do they deny he is God in the flesh but they deny him through their actions. So they say in their sinful lifestyles living a life of immorality they claim to know him. But by their actions, their actions deny that claim. And so that is what they're saying, is that they live a double life. And these false teachers were saying, we're saved by grace. Therefore, what you do in the body while you're in the body really doesn't uh, add up to much. So let us, and Paul Paul quotes them of what they were teaching, let us sin so that God's grace would be um, magnified because the more we sin, the more we're forgiven and the more God gives us grace so let's get the, as much grace as possible that's what they were teaching and he said they're going to get uh, what they deserve uh, for that so when he says uh, this is how they pay back the sovereign Lord who bought them in other words, he, he bought them he purchased them uh, and, and but they refused to be owned by him yeah, see, and and that's the, the just the ironic sting to it. This is how they pay back the one who laid down his life to buy them, uh, that they deny him both in theology and by lifestyle. And uh, yeah, that's good. And he says there in verse 2, many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In other words, uh, they will really dishonor the gospel. Why? Because when people see wackos at late-night television on all of the religious broadcasting stations, what do they do? They have a good laugh, and they pat themselves on the back, these unbelievers who say, look at that. And they lump the way of truth into the same package as uh this nonsense and the heresies and um and and therefore they mock the gospel and they say things that dishonor god and the bible uh, because of their horrible example that's what he says and so yeah and and he says but many will follow their shameful ways look in the text many will follow yeah and 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 paul tells us that 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 truth as well second timothy chapter four he says timothy preach the word be prepared in season and out of season the word of god correct rebuke encourage With great patience and careful instruction for the time will come and is now when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to nonsense or fables, that word myth means and so not not surprisingly, the Bible says they're going to have large followings, you see and um, because they're going to tell people, uh, you don't need to repent, you can come as you are or God's God's in the business of making you perfectly healthy and lavishly wealthy. And so they tell people what they want to hear, And so that's why many follow uh, in their shameful ways. It's kind of, and it's guilt by association there. So uh, just terrible. So in, and which leads us to speaking of telling people what they want to hear. Verse 3, in their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up so the greed now of course personal gain usually plays a big role in in false teachers and uh, heresy it's the love of money the root of all evil there so the pharisees and the sadducees they were the richest men in israel the high priests they were they were filthy rich and they got that way by exploiting worshipers and jesus came into the temple and said you've turned this place into a marketplace full of corrupt criminals and uh, he kicked them all out there They were ripping people off in the name of the Lord, which has been going on for thousands of years now. And so he's saying these teachers will exploit you. What does that mean? They will use your own natural inclination toward greed to rip you off, to get you to give to thinking that God will make you rich by you giving a lot. The more you give to them, the richer you're going to become. So they're exploiting your own tendency to to covet by getting you to give more and more to them in their own greed to satisfy their own greed. You see how that works? And so they have a $15 million mansion and a fleet of sports cars and a private jet and says, what about you guys? Don't you know that as your pastor, follow my example, if you guys have the faith of a mustard seed, Or maybe you just don't, you see? Because if you did, you would give more. You would tithe your seed, plant your seed, and God would give back to you as he did to me. Look at my $15 million mansion. And so what's crazy about this is that the Bible calls it out so clearly. I don't know how they can continue to be in business with these kinds of verses. First Timothy chapter 6. These false teachers have been robbed of the truth. How would you like to have a pastor robbed of the truth? Well, let's let's see how the Bible calls somebody who's robbed of truth. They think that godliness is a means to financial gain. My goodness, there it is. That God is the way to get rich. See? Could you pick that up? It might be Joel Osteen. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, thank you, thank you, one has to be quick on one's feet, oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. well tell him he could live his best life now by repenting of his sins, verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain for you brought nothing in you're not going up with your jet or your cars or your house you can take nothing with you but if you have food and clothing we'll be content with that what? where's your faith? can you imagine? Paul says hey if you got food and clothing you're content period end of it and listen to every sermon that comes out of not just his mouth but the whole denomination of them. Paul says, be happy with, just be content. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What what happened to this? What do they do with this? Well, they don't preach verse by verse. Yeah, Nine, (laughs) those who want to get rich fall into temptation and traps and many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So they exploit you in your desire to get rich so that in doing so, you will make them rich. That's just terrible. And so listen to uh, how he calls them out over and over again here so watch out flock at the rock it's my job and look let me say this before we take communion and i gotta finish the last line too some christians get a little squeamish when the pastor mentions a name that y'all know like that let me just tell you in the new testament paul calls out specific names hermogenes phygelus alexander the coppersmith there's some Hymenius. There are others that he just called out. Demas. He names them and says, watch out for these people, you see. So I, I'm the one who's got to stand before God to answer for my ministry. And uh, you won't be with me on in that moment, right? And so I have to make sure that everybody who knows that there's something in our community going on that's wacko, Uh, can be adequately warned and i can point to a scripture and say well look at this don't buy his books because look at this and i can cite chapter and verse and by the way that's how you know whatever i'm saying is either true or false is that you examine the scriptures daily and to make sure you line up the things with the bible and so uh, yeah. Let's finish the last line. Their destruction has long been hanging over their heads. It has been not. It hasn't been sleeping. So he's just comforting Christians by saying, sometimes it looks like false teachers are getting the upper hand and they're around for years and they're getting away with it. You know, they're, enjo- they're enjoying their best life now. And, and noth- God doesn't seem to mind. Well, he says, it may look that way to you. But uh, their destructions a long time hanging over their heads means uh, from the Old Testament... Like Psalm 1 that says, blessed are those who uh, live godly lives. And those who are wicked will not stand in the judgment. They're going to go over. And so uh, they've been condemned from the dawn of time. And then their, uh, <laughs> their destruction, it's not been sleeping. It's very interesting Destruction, as I told you, is associated with the word hell. And so it's like hell has been stalking them with eyes wide open. Um, Halloween, we uh, have the trick-or-treaters, of course, like all of you. And I opened the door, and there was the Grim Reaper with the, the the I believe it's a scythe or whatever you call it with the you know the blade the curved blade and he kind of swung it at me you know and I was like just for that you creep me out and you don't get any candy at all so run along and then I heard some crying at... <laughs> it didn't really go that way <laughs> but in my mind you know it's like I wanted to grab that thing, and then I'll show you. But, um, yeah, so this is what he's saying. He's saying they're doing their thing, and they're flashing the Bible, and they've got the smoke and mirrors going, but in on the first row is the Grim Reaper, and he's getting closer and closer, and swift destruction means either the Lord's going to appear or they're going to appear before the Lord in a uh, something that we all are appointed unto once to die. And then uh, the judgment. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for these sobering words. It just matters what we believe. That has some pretty important consequences, God. So thank you for the truth that sets us free. You say and we should keep the truth always before us. So help us, Holy Spirit, to do just that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You've been listening to The Rock's podcast. Our regular services are held on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you'd like to learn more, please visit our website at cctherock.org.